You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey, and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today we are talking all We're taking it episode two of the difference between being a leader and being a boss, our series. And so this is episode two of a five episode series. And what I want to talk to you about on this episode is really the essential self-leadership skills that you need and how they are really the foundation of being a great boss. And the worst bosses or managers I've either worked for or worked with, because a lot of times in my business, I'm coaching and trying to work with managers to navigate tricky employee issues, right? Um, As an HR consultant and and actually, you know, in-house, I did a lot of that. And the worst managers, aka bosses, whatever you want to call it, that I've worked with are those who lack these foundational self-leadership skills. Taking personal responsibility and learning how to develop self-leadership skills is literally the foundation of being a great manager. Without it, you're basically building a house of cards as a boss, a boss of cards. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But I do, you know, I think, and, and I alluded to this in the episode yesterday, that a lot of times boss, like managers just gloss over this and immediately jump into bossing skills and management skills without truly owning and developing the self-leadership skills. And honestly, any person out there in the world interacting with other humans needs to work on these things. These are foundational relationship, foundational ways of being skills that if you haven't mastered these, you're not going to be a good boss. You're you're, you're definitely, you're not, you're probably not going to have good relationships in your life in general, but you're definitely not going to be a good leader or boss to other people as it relates to businesses. So what is self-leadership? In my opinion, It is taking personal responsibility for your actions and your behaviors, managing your emotions, being aware of the stories and the beliefs that guide your way of thinking and way of being, and developing self-awareness and even self-discipline. That is what self-leadership means to me, and and those are the most important foundational things that you need in order to be a good leader for other people. You have to lead yourself well before you can go out and lead others well. So that might seem a little meta or out there. So I'm going to try to distill that description into like actual skills and traits that I believe actually go into self-leadership. And I think, you know, you you could, there's so many descriptions of this out there, but to me, and for sake of this episode, I'm going to really categorize them into four different things. So there's self-awareness, self-regulation, self-confidence, and self-efficacy. That is a hard word to say, but I'm I'm saying it. I'm going to get good at it. (laughs) So those are the four things that I believe you need that go into self-leadership and leading yourself. And so I want to dig into what self-awareness is a bit more. 
So self-awareness is the ability to recognize and understand your own emotions, thoughts, and behaviors and their impact on yourself and other people. It involves being conscious of your strengths, your weaknesses, your values, your beliefs, and your biases. And self-awareness can be developed through things like, you know, reflection, introspection, mindfulness. And what I would argue the the most beneficial is developed by genuinely seeking feedback from others and then reflecting on it, right? And you can't just like give that lip service. You can't just be like, okay, I'm going to get feedback from other people. Like you have to genuinely want the feedback. You have to genuinely want to know how you are being perceived, received by other people, how you are affecting other people around you. And you have to be willing to reflect on it and genuinely like want to know. It doesn't mean you have to take everything, you know, everyone is experiencing you through their own lens, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to take everything to heart and believe it all is truth, but knowing how other people are experiencing you is going like their experience of you is, is what is their experience of you. Right. So knowing what that is and genuinely wanting it, I think is the the most important thing of self-awareness. You can do all of your own introspection and reflection. You can meditate all you want, but hearing how you impact other people around you, I think is the best way to learn. And I intended in uh, this past weekend of amazing, I'm going to call it self-leadership retreat this past weekend. Um, It's really hard to categorize it into like one little snippet, but that's how I would call it. And one of my biggest takeaways from this past four days was how others perceive me is often a reflection of how I feel about myself. And being truly willing to hear feedback from other people and creating an environment where the people I'm with actually feel comfortable giving me honest and real feedback, it's going to give me more information about myself than I would have ever imagined. And the same can be true for you. So developing self-awareness and by doing, I guess, by developing self-awareness, you will better understand your own emotions, the mo- your motivations, and your reactions to different situations. And this understanding can help you manage and intentionally choose your behaviors, can help you make better decisions and build stronger relationships with other people. But it really does come down to you being aware of yourself first. So then the next is self-regulation. Self-regulation refers to the ability to manage and control your emotions, your thoughts, and your behaviors. Oftentimes we will call them reactions, but it's truly behaviors in order to receive your desired outcome. And it means monitoring and adjusting your own behavior, like your own responses to different situations and environmental cues. So that could be something that happened in the world. That can be something somebody said to you. It could be you haven't eaten for a long time. It could be that's hot as hell out right now. Like there's a lot of different things. And it's about realizing that events are just events and how you choose to see and react to them is what matters. That's self-regulation. 
And Viktor Frankl says in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, if you haven't read this book, it's a horrific book to read, but it's also the most insightful book to read. I highly recommend it. Um, Man's Search for Meaning. And there's a quote, you've probably heard it before, between stimulus and response, there is space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. That is what self-regulation is. It involves self-awareness in the way that you're able to notice something. It involves self-control, which is the pause, right? And then self-motivation, which is the desire to make a, a choice, and empathy, which is to understand that your choice impacts somebody else, right? That's what self-regulation is. And we're doing it all the time. Positive things require self-regulation. Negative things require self, you know, what we perceive to be positive and what we perceive to be negative all, you know, require self-regulation. But I think it's the easiest to see when you're having something that you think is negative, right? A negative emotion like anger, fear, frustration, you know, all of those things. And you have to respond to different situations in a calm and constructive way. That is when, how you can notice how well you're doing in self-regulating. Um, and so making sure that you're paying attention to those things and committed to helping to um, doing the things that help you develop this skill of self, self-regulation. And it can really be developed through practice and the best things are going to be practicing mindfulness, meditation. For me, it also happens when I go for a walk before I react or I practice yoga, or honestly, when I spend time in nature is when I really feel like I can practice my own self-regulation. And so that's the second thing. The third, and let's move on to self-confidence. So self-confidence is the belief in your own abilities, qualities, and judgment It involves a positive self-image and a sense of self-assurance that allows you to take on challenges. It's an essential trait for great leadership. And honestly, leaders with with high self-confidence believe in themselves, their abilities, and their decisions, and are able to inspire and motivate others to achieve goals together. I know that sounds all fluffy, but that's really what self-confidence is. You know, leaders, if you have self-confidence, you're more likely to take calculated risks you're more likely to make tough decisions. You're more likely to handle challenging or difficult situations with poise and clarity. And you're not afraid to admit when you're wrong or seek feedback from others or continuous, continuously, continue, oh my gosh, continue to learn and grow. Whoa, I don't know why that was such a hard word to say. You know, self-confidence also helps you build trust and credibility with your teams because it 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 demonstrates a sense of I don't like the word authority but like competence like people believe you follow you trust you they if you're self-assured and confident in your decisions you're you're more likely to earn respect and loyalty from people on your team right and others around you and that's a great skill to have as a leader that said, you have to balance that with humility, grace, and willingness to listen and learn from others, aka seek and receive feedback. I feel like that's literally the most important thing. 
And you can't just, whatever, I've already hounded on it. I don't need to go back. I'm just feeling triggered by some of my, some folks I'm working with right now who I feel like really want feedback, but don't actually want the, they say they want the feedback, but they don't actually want the feedback. Anyways, I will get over it. But so my whole point is that like having confidence is important, but you have to balance it with humility and willingness to listen and learn from other people because otherwise you are overconfident. And overconfidence can lead to arrogance, stubbornness, a lack of empathy for other people's perspectives and needs. And it can actually have obviously a very detrimental impact to your team. And so effective leaders understand the importance of balancing self-confidence with humility and self-awareness. You recognize your own strengths and weaknesses, and you're willing to seek feedback from others to continually improve leadership skills and your ability to you know, hit goals and, and all of that stuff. So the last part of self-leadership is self-efficacy. And that refers to your belief, the belief in your ability to successfully perform something or achieve a goal. As it relates to leadership, self-efficacy is your belief in your ability to lead and manage a team effectively. And I find this really closely related to having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Um, so to sum it up, like having a, a growth mindset is the belief that you can get better at something. Having a fixed mindset is that you're already, you're, you're as good as you're going to get and that you can't learn and get better. And so, you know, having a growth mindset, you know, means that you're committed to getting better and it believes that you can. And I think that's very similar and closely related to having self-efficacy, a growth mindset you know, believes that, or I guess a a growth mindset refers to the beliefs that your abilities and talents can be developed through dedication and hard work and effort. Leaders who have a growth mindset are more likely to view challenges as opportunities for growth and learning rather than like insurmountable obstacles, right? Like it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm never going to be able to get it. It feels like, okay, I'm going to hit some roadblocks, but I can figure it out. I'm committed to getting better. And by embracing a growth mindset, you're able to develop a greater sense of self-efficacy because you believe that your ability to learn and improve over time will increase. And you'll be more likely to take risks, seek out feedback, shocker, I mentioned feedback again, and embrace new challenges, all of which can help you develop the skills and knowledge that you need to be a great leader. Leaders with high self-efficacy are are more likely also to have a clear vision to set challenging goals and to inspire the team to achieve them. You believe in your ability to make a positive impact and the business to make a positive impact, and you're confident in your decisions and, and actions. You're able to handle challenging situations and setbacks because you know you'll be able to find solutions and overcome the obstacles and it, it, it's almost like a sense of confidence, right? It, all of these things work together. If you've noticed all four of these things are, are related, but slightly different. And they all kind of work together um, because they're, they're all kind of like this circle, um, I guess. Um, or maybe I would consider them to be more of the Venn diagram, but they're all very similar yet definitely unique. And so it's important that you balance, you know, self just with anything. You balance having a high self-efficacy with a willingness to get support from others um, and that you recognize your own limitations and you're open to learning and growing, even if it means, you know, admitting that you don't have all the answers and asking for help 
and asking, you know, putting time into seeking help from others who, who maybe can teach you, you know, all of the things that you don't know or help support you along the way. And so as a leader, you have to do the work to develop all four of these areas and recognize that you're never going to have be a master of these. It's not like, oh, I've done this. I'm, a, I'm perfect. I got it covered. I don't believe you're ever going to reach a time where you're like, great, I'm a master. I'm perfect at this. You're never going to say, oh, great. I don't need to do self-leadership anymore because guess what? Life's going to happen and you're going to have something happen that you're going to like get a little bit lower on one area of this. And you're going to, it's going to ebb and flow. You're going to have times where you're crushing all of these. You're going to have times where you're failing at one of these, or maybe all of them. It's going to be up and down your entire life and how you relate to other people. And you just have to be okay with the fact that you're always going to be working on these. And being aware of this will help you start to integrate it into the way that you are at work and in your personal life. And the more effort you put into this, in my opinion, the more you'll be able to start to take control of your life. You'll be able to make meaningful decisions, have meaningful connections and relationships and accomplish your goals. And that's at work and outside of work. And the leaders I've worked with in the past who didn't have these core things on their radar at all were by far the hardest, honestly, were the most impossible to shift and change. And if you're listening to the show, I urge you to really reflect on these four areas and get really honest with yourself about how you're approaching them. We all have work to do in these areas. And and maybe you're struggling with your relationships at work because you've ignored some of these things. So even if you're not a leader, I would love for you to reflect on these things because these are not just for bosses out there. These are for anybody who's working with other people. So think about what areas that you really want to focus on as it relates to self-leadership over the next little bit? Is it self-awareness, self-regulation, self-confidence, or self-efficacy or a growth mindset? Those are really the four, four things that all of us should always be working on. So what air, which, which of these four have you been, have you been avoiding or not giving attention to? They're really the foundation. And if you don't have this, then you're not going to be able to be a good boss. I really hate to tell, tell you that. And guess what? Tomorrow on the show, let's say you feel like you've got a good handle on these things. This is not all that you, like if you have a good handle on these, great. You are now ready to even think about becoming a boss. It doesn't mean you're automatically a good boss because you there's so many other things you need to get better at. And this is not the end. And what I find in working with, the, I, I find one of two things like I talked about yesterday. Someone's either mastered self leadership and they're like, great, I can lead others now. And they do no work in actually learning what that means. Or two, they jump into leading others and they've done no work on leading themselves. So they're really not successful. And that's what we're starting to dive into tomorrow. We're diving into what is the role of a boss actually? What is your role now that you've stepped into leading others? And we're going to dive into that tomorrow. So thank you so much for tuning in. I always love chatting with you and we'll talk to you again very soon. Speaking of the power of people, I'd be honored to read your written review of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard and have suggestions on how to make this show more impactful, please show your support by taking a few minutes to let me know what you think. See you next time.